Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly E.S. Kelly E.Y. I don't even know how to spell my name. Kelly E.Y.S. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today's Thursday, May the 2nd, 2019. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 24. We're going to be reading the first paragraph that says, The fact is that most alcoholics... And we're going to be reading and commenting on that one italicized paragraph. So today, let's see, our readers for the 12 steps are Mary Agnes Y, the 12 traditions, Elaine H, the readers of the text, Leon B, Kat C, Martha Z, and our Elena, a newcomer greeter today is Elena A.M., and our second hour host is Jen A., and let's see here, the reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, May the 1st, at uh, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12847, 12847, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 12849, 12849. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no positions on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Uh, our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Mary Agnes Y. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Mary Agnes. Press star one, Mary Agnes. Can't hear ya. This is Mary Agnes Y. from Michigan, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Pass. Thank you for your service, Mary Agnes Y. And Elaine H. is going to be reading our 12 traditions. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Um, this is Elaine, um, 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message, its message to the, other, uh, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from my primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Uh, 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Elaine H., for your service. All right, let's see here how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, so today we are in the big book, just in case you didn't know. We are studying on page 24. We're going to be reading the first paragraph, that italicized one, which we know is important. Uh, it starts with the fact is that most alcoholics. And we are going to be having Leon B. read this for us. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, Kelly. This is Leon B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater um, from Simpsonville, South Carolina. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. 
we are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. There's a lot in that paragraph, but um, what stood out to me was this um, unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. And the first time I heard that was from Harlan, and he kind of, he, not kind of, he described it as the, the mental blank spot. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's that's me. Um, but unlike, um, I don't know about alcoholics, but as a compulsive overeater, for me, it wasn't a week or a month ago. It was like, it was minutes. It would be sometimes at, at the most an hour. I would binge, binge, binge to the point I would fill myself up and I would be stuffed and I would be disgusted with myself and I would start the self-loathing and I would start the crying out to God and I would be lying on the couch and just looking up, asking him to take this thing away and only to get up and forget that I was just wallowing in my pain and, and pity to just walk right back to that pantry and stuff myself some more. And I often wonder, how in the world am I physically able to put this much food into my stomach? I feel like I was born with two stomachs, and once one was full, they would rotate, and the new one would get into place, and I was able to fill that up. And I could not explain it for the world. And I was in this cycle of hating myself, totally forgetting this, just to do it all, just to bring the pain to myself all over again. Um, and not just, I mean, not just with the food and the self-loathing, but then the, the, the physical, the gastrointestinal disturbances, I'll describe it that way, that I had throughout the day. And I would swear I'm not going to eat that again because it does this thing that makes me violently have these intestinal issues. And, and I would find myself right back eating those things. And it was this mental blank spot. And I found even after getting abstinent and working the steps and being in program now, that that mental blank spot doesn't just occur around food. Sometimes it's my behavior because I can act a certain way. I could wake up and, and do my morning on step 11 and I'm trying to pause throughout the day. But sometimes I will totally forget that I'm a compulsive overeater and and I'm I'm surprised when agitated, and and my 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 old self would try to take over and and take control, and I would totally forget that I you know just had a prayer, I just had some quiet time with God, the the slightest thing could could set me off, and so that mental blank spot you know doesn't just occur for me anyway around food. I often forget in other ways, but I will tell you um, the working of these steps. The, the constant reminder is what I need every day. So I'm so glad Bill says before we wake up, before we start, we look ahead to our 24 hours and we put them before Time, our higher power. Yes. And I'll just wrap up by saying, you know, just to let go and to, and to uh, allow your higher power to, to take control. That will be done. Thank you. And I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Leon B., for your share. So... We are going to open it up for shares if you haven't shared in the last day or two and would like to share on the paragraph that just was read. Press star one and give me your name and initial of your last name. Matt M. Matt. Matt. 
Vasa W. Kim G. Vasa O. Joe A. Donna G. Barbara. Barbara E. Barbara E. I heard somebody with the last initial W. Lauren N. I think I have enough people this time. There was somebody with a, a, a last name with initial W I thought I heard was there. Did you hear Kim J? Beth I got w. you, Kim. Sorry. Okay. It was Beth W? Yes. Okay, yeah. All right. So we got enough for this time. So uh, if everybody will press star one, here's our lineup. Matt M, Kim G, Beth W, Vasa O, Joe A, um, Barbara E, and Lynn N. So um, first up, Matt M, followed by Kim G. Good morning, Can Matt. you hear me, Kim? Can you hear me? I can. I can. Thank you for your service, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation even a week or a month ago. Let me tell you, there's a lot of times when I, I was going to try to convince myself, since I'm a compulsive eater, try to convince myself that I'm not going to eat or not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. You know, every time I would fail because I had the pure mental twist and the physical allergy would come over every time I picked up. I had no choice but to eat. That was, I was compelled to eat because I didn't have programs. Even when I was in program and relapsed, I felt compelled to because I had no, I felt like I had no other choice in the matter. Listen, life happens. Things go on. Like right now, my my fridge froze up. I got water all soaked my floor up. I might start cutting my hours at work. I have plenty of excuses for wanting to eat. But the thing is, I want to keep my sobriety. I want to keep my abstinence because there's nothing in there's nothing in the world that's worth eating over. I have people in my life who've gone through a lot worse than I've gone through, and they're still not eating cancer. Uh, depth of loved ones, et cetera, et cetera, and they're not eating. So what's my excuse? You know, and I, I realized that, you know, I, I need to stop coughing out to the fact that the food is a better choice. It's not. It never will be uh, for me. I realized that just for today, there's no amount of food that's going to make me feel any better. Like if someone says, I'll make you feel better for about five seconds, and it will, and it'll just have two problems. We'll have the physical allergy, and I'll still have those problems that didn't go away just because I picked up food. You know, the food the food is never the solution anymore. I had to give that up. So I'm very grateful just for today. Like tomorrow it will be three months for me, uh, back-to-back abstinence, and I'm grateful for that. God has relieved me from a little bit of the mental obsession. I have a long way to go with my recovery. I'm taking it one day at a time, and hopefully I'll be sponsoring soon. That will be my goal because, again, I have to get out of myself. I can't look to just myself for answers. I'm praying to my higher power. I'm God's reaching out to others. I'm staying connected because, again, this is not meant to be worked with solo. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you for your share, Matt M. And next up, Kim G., followed by Beth W. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I love this paragraph. You know, up till now in this book, we've studied this, you know, this twofold illness. We've defined the real compulsive overeater, about 10% of the population that eats compulsively is only is the real compulsive overeater. We've learned about the 90%, the moderate and the heavy eaters. But in this paragraph, I discover my truth. And my truth in this paragraph is I have no choice, no willpower, and no memory. So I just kind of want to talk about some program sayings that confuse me in the room because they directly contradict what this paragraph is telling me. You know, 
when I would talk in a meeting, they would talk about, well, what is your drug of choice? If I go into a rehab today, they're going to ask me what my drug of choice is. Well, my drug of choice is marijuana. I smoked it, decided not to. I drank alcoholically for about 10 years and sufficient reason happened and I stopped. I have chosen not to eat over and over and I continue to eat. It is my drug of no choice. I'm being told I have no willpower. Yet so many times in the rooms I would be told, well, don't eat no matter what, no matter what, don't eat. Avoid your people, people, places, and things. Avoid my triggers. That means I have willpower, and this paragraph tells me I don't. This paragraph tells me I have no memory. Yet in the rooms I would hear, remember your last drunk. Play the traits through. You know, think, think, think. That directly contradicts the fact I have no memory. And I love that idea at certain times. Because you see, in, my, in the beginning of my OA career, at certain times was, I used to go to a meeting in the mall and I would have my two slices of pizza and go to a meeting because I thought the meeting would give me strength not to finish the pie and at certain times it would work. I would be abstinent for a while and I would pick up and I would come back to my meeting and they would say, oh, no, no, you know what the problem is? You're not going to enough meetings. And meetings would work at certain times and at certain times they didn't. And then I would be told, no, 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 you're not making enough phone calls. That's why you relapsed. relapsed. And at certain times, making a phone call worked. At certain times, it didn't. You know, I have some bad news for people here. Meetings don't treat compulsive overeating. Hopefully, a healthy overeaters anonymous meeting, what it does is it exposes you to the treatment. The treatment is the 12 steps. The treatment is to put the food down and to work these steps. And this paragraph describes my real um, dilemma in Overeaters Anonymous is I have no choice, no willpower, and no memory. But gratefully, we're in a chapter that call, that's called There's a Solution, and the pages after this are going to teach us what is that solution so that a power greater than ourselves can take away that mental twist so I don't have to worry about choice, willpower, or memory. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Um, next, we have Beth W. followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Beth. Hi, thank you for calling on me. My name is Beth W. I'm a compulsive, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. Um, we are without defense against the first drink, and we are powerless. It tells us in the doctor's opinion that um, a true compulsive overeater cannot, we have one common symptom, that they cannot start drinking without the developing the phenomena of craving. And the only re relief we have is to suggest is entire abstinence. And, um, but we are without power, but there is one that has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now. We read that um, uh, later when we get into, uh, get into the steps. And we're in a chapter called There's a Solution, and that solution is to, uh, to throw ourselves into this program, this program of action and, and the 12 steps. And, and in the next page, we're going to find out what that solution is, and that is that spiritual kit of, uh, that simple kit of spiritual tools that will be laid at our feet, and, and that is to find a power greater than ourselves. Um, because that's the truth, is that we're powerless. This is the first step. We're powerless um, over food. We're powerless. To, to know. We don't have knowledge. Knowledge, Self-knowledge doesn't do anything for us. And so I can know everything I think I know. And I, I remember saying over and over again, I know how to eat. I know what to do. I know nutrition. I know this. I know that. I know, no, no. And, and it didn't matter. <laughs> I, 
I was without defense. I couldn't stop. If I started, I couldn't stop. And once I did, like, I would eat until I was so full. I would put the rest in the refrigerator or bring it home from the restaurant with full intention of going right back to it as soon as I, as I, uh, as, as I could. And I would finish it before breakfast or I would, you know, that wouldn't be there for that next meal. I would, I would tell myself, oh, that's going to be my lunch tomorrow. It was never there for lunch tomorrow because I was, I, I had no willpower. I was defenseless. And I, once I started, I, I couldn't stop. And, and what I know now is that I don't have to start because I have a power greater than myself. But um, even if I have that first thought, I don't have to have the second thought because I can ask um, the God of my understanding for courage and strength every single day for another abstinent day. And at the end of the day, I give thanks for that, for that day um, because I only do this one day at a time, one meal at a time. And I, every time I sit down to a meal, I thank God for, for, for nourishing my body and letting God nourish my soul, that I don't have to bury myself in food anymore and um, it, it's just such a great program. And I, if you're new in this program, I, I, I um, encourage you to, to find that power greater than yourself um, to, to, uh, to latch on to and hold on to, um, because that's what the 12 steps are really all about. And uh, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Beth W. And next up, Vasa O, followed by Joe A. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Kelly. And good morning, every one of you. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxville, Massachusetts. Please time me because I lose track of the time. Anyways, um, by the time I came to my first OA meeting, this was where I was. My so-called willpower became practically non-existent. And I tried, I tried for 25 years of my life to try to control and try different things. I had all the knowledge. I could have been a nutritionist. I mean, I experimented. I tried this and I tried. And none of it worked. And I remember feeling humiliated and uh, feeling so horrible about myself by giving in to the food. And for me, it was getting progressive. As I said, by the time I came to OA, I could not even put one day at a time. I couldn't even, I couldn't even put one meal at a time, you know, and uh, with nothing, with putting nothing into my mouth, it was very, very hard to just eat my breakfast and to do nothing till you know when it had to the food till lunchtime. I mean, my mouth, you know, I felt like my fingers are going in my mouth. But it's by the grace of God, I didn't have to do it. My sponsor, said, well, go and find to do something else, you know, keep busy. But for me, it was again nothing, not nothing worked for me. Till I came here, you know, found a solution, and and I was ready. I really was so ready, and I was so willing to surrender to a higher power greater than myself and the 12 steps because I knew the food was just going to kill me. I had no clue about the allergy. I had no clue about the mental obsession. Well, I had the mental obsession because the mental always went in the food. And with all the promises I did to myself, and and I remember even making bets with my husband. I thought maybe that was going to motivate me. Uh, you know, make $10. Give me $10. And I'm going to put the food down for one week, and I'm going to lose that weight. It never worked. I could never put one meal at a time. 
And yes, I was ready to surrender and I was willing to do whatever it took. The tools, meeting, higher power, the 12 steps, I was so ready and willing. I didn't want to die. So if you're a newcomer, don't give up. And I hear for some people it takes longer. But for me, I was just so ready and I was just so willing. I didn't want to die. And so if you're a newcomer, give yourself a chance, even if you don't get it at the beginning. Because I hear people, they come, it comes to them gradually. The mind is going to follow. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you for your share, Vasa O. Next up, Joe A., followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Joe. Joe A., press star one. See, I didn't ask if I could be heard, and now uh, you couldn't hear me. I'm Joe A. from Cleveland, <laughs> uh, a grateful, gotcha. reco- <laughs> grateful, recovered compulsive eater. And power of choice really jumped out at me this morning. Um, I've been in the rooms for many, many years, and um, uh, I had a very comfortable uh, 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 abstinence um, uh, for about nine years, and then there was a life event that happened, and I knew that I wasn't being uh, spiritually aligned with higher power, um, and uh, I deliberate. I felt like I deliberately and willfully put my hand into a box and broke the ab- broke that abstinence of food that had been in my home for my family, you know, for all of that nine year period. But um, uh, so for years, I would say in my in my leads that I was that I deliberately and willfully broke that abstinence. It took me ten years to get that uh, recovery back again, and it wasn't until pretty recently where I recognized that is step one. I had no choice. It wasn't my willfulness uh, uh, that broke that abstinence it was the food is more powerful than me and i i heard in these room in this particular meeting uh once that um i'm powerless to stop from starting and that's um you know again that's step one i was at a face-to-face my home group last week where someone who's had a good period of um uh letting go of the food for a few weeks and she has a life event, and uh, she said on Easter, the hell with it. I took her aside after the meeting, and it's like, you didn't make say the hell with it. That is going back to step one. You were powerless. It was not your will. And, you know, I, 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 I took the blame. I took the responsibility um, uh, with my own break of abstinence. <clears throat> so just keep coming back and... Um, that's all I can do is one day at a time, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe A., for your share. Next up, we have Barbara E., followed by Lauren N. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for allowing me to take this time. Well, an allergy is triggered by the immune system's response to a certain protein in a food. These food allergy symptoms can range from mild to severe and potentially fatal. It can block one's air supply. We can assume that one's last reaction was mild, the next one will also be. Symptoms can be mild more one day and severe the next day. This is a fact 
not conjecture. Well, it was exactly the same with me. If I ate almost any food, but especially one of my trigger foods, I'd never know what my reaction might be. My tragic addiction to compulsive overeating mystified, confounded my mother before she realized that something was not normal. It was strangling me by the neck. When she did recognize my misery and compulsion to eat beyond satiation, she took me to various diet doctors and sent me to fat camps. Nothing helped for long. My addiction to greasy, salty things and sugar in any form hijacked my life. My sponsor in OA gave me a little seed of hope that there was a way out, but I had to plant it, water it, and pull out any weeds that might want to strangle it. But how to do that for me was only by thoroughly embracing the 12 steps and turning my providence, that's the guardianship of all my futile efforts to regain control to a higher power. And only by doing that was I saved from what I believe would have been suicide by knife, fork, and spoon. I had been emotionally stunted, totally immature, because whenever I was faced with life's problems, I'd simply eat them away, at least temporarily. And if they bothered me again, and they always did, I knew just what to do, eat more. Thank goodness there is a saner way to live life accepting the good and the bad and trusting that my God has my back and I can change some things, but not all, and willing to understand the difference has saved my life. If you are new to this program, I promise you, from my own personal experience, it works. It's been two decades, 130 pounds, and I kept them off And I am, as they say, relaxed and neutral around foods that once beckoned me. Thank you so much, everyone. I wish you a good day, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Next up is Lauren N., and we'll be opening up for more shares. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you very much for hearing my voice. Lauren and compulsive overeater sugar addict from New York. Um, thank you all for being here. This paragraph is really the crux of it for me. I had no choice at all when it came to food. Um, I had diabetes. I was told not to eat sugar, and all I could do was eat sugar. I was told not to. Uh, that I was killing myself and it didn't matter. I ate and ate and ate to 260, sorry, 86 and a half pounds and I'm 5'1". I was morbidly obese and I couldn't stop eating. I was eating and eating and eating and I totally forgot every minute of every day that I had a disease. I didn't know it. 
until I knew it here. And thank God today I'm in recovery. I am recovered. I don't. I eat what I eat. (laughs) My food plan is the same thing almost every day, and I don't care. Because all I'm eating for is nutrition. And that's all that's important. And it's wonderful to have this freedom from the food obsession, from not thinking about what my next meal is going to be as I'm finishing my, sorry, I never finished a meal in those days. Now I finish a meal. I don't graze all day. 130, almost 104, sorry, 140 pounds down. I'm a different person today. I live life every day to its fullest, and thank God for that. And it's only because you all carried the message to me because I did not hear this in any of the rooms. I only heard this on the line. So with that, I will pass. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much, Lauren, and for your share. So for those of you who are just joining us, um, we are on page 24 in the big book. We are in that um, important italicized chapter there. The fact is that most alcoholics, if you have not shared in the last day or two, we would love to hear from you. Who would like to share? Russ M. Jen A. Russ. Jen. Russ and Jen so far. Donna G. Kathy G. Donna. Miriam K. Kathy. Miriam K. Roanne M. Roanne M. All right. I think we'll stop there. Um, So I have Russ M., Jen A., Donna G., Kathy, I didn't get your initial, Marion K., and Rowan M. Please uh, mute your phone, star one, and um, starting up with Russ M., followed by Jen A. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Kelly. <clears throat> Good morning, visionaries. Russ M., recovered compulsive reader outside of Philly. When I, when I read this, I look back at my life, and, you know, I, I think of who the hell would want the the, the – the health problems. Who, who the heck would want the, the emotional problems, the financial problems, the, the, the self-loathing? Like, no, nobody would want that, right? You know, I didn't choose it. We didn't choose that. And that's what this paragraph is telling me, is that we, it wasn't, we didn't bring this on. This is a disease. And, you know, it's like I, I look at the destruction and, and everything that's going on in my life and this disease, I'm not able to stop. I thought that was normal for 40 years. For about 44 years, I thought that that was the, a normal way of life, you know. And, sure, I tried. I put the, the signs up in my dorm. You got this. You know, uh, keep working hard. Uh I had people try to help me, nutritionists, the psychologists, you know, all my knowledge I had from school in, in, in nutrition and health, health and fitness and wellness. 
and it would give me not even a month, really. There's there's times I couldn't stay abstinent for three days, and I I, I just think of it, and I at, at the end of the day, the whole thing was is that yeah, I swore off, I tried, my heart was right, I was trying to quit, but I couldn't quit, and it, I couldn't change until it was the only option, the last option. And that's what that paragraph tells me, is that, you know, nothing is going to change us unless our total, our total dependence is on God to bail you out. It's the only way we're going to win here. It's the only way we're going to live free. And uh, that's really all I had to say. Just evoke that in my heart, that, you know, we are, are, you do suffer with this thing. It's not like we chose to be overweight and have a destructive life and, hurt people and it's just what it is way we're wired so i'm grateful to god that i have this program and that bill and dr bob were stone alcoholics because i wouldn't i wouldn't be on this line and uh i love you guys you have a beautiful day thank you very much well thank you so much russ and um can't even talk all right next up jen a followed by donna g good morning jen Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. My name is Jen. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from Colorado. Um, choices. So uh, my choices got me here. My uh, diets, ideas, all the self-help. That's kind of what uh, Russ alluded to earlier. And, um, you know, I can so identify with that. Um, so once I got here and I started going through this program and I kept choosing and doing the step work, um, I created some problems for me. Um, Because I was still choosing foods for me that weren't entirely abstinent um, and that eventually would trigger me, that phenomenon of craving. And then, oh, boy, um, you know, there I was back convenience store to convenience store. Um, But the best part was that um, someone who sponsored me um, read this paragraph to me and removed me from making choices <laughs> and uh you know we call it blackout probation here in colorado and uh i was not able to make choices for myself and that started with the food and these are the calories you were going to eat and this is what you were going to eat and it wasn't decided by my sponsor hear me loud and clear another person who had lost the choice around their food why would they want to sponsor me around mine I was told that I needed to go see a nutritionist and that person would put a food plan in front of me and that I was to eat off of that every single day, right? And so that was the beautiful thing for me. That's, you know, that's another, another light bulb that went off. I was like, okay, these are my choices. This is what I can eat. I have to eat all of it. I have to, you know, finish every meal. I'm going to eat, you know, three times a day plus a snack. And that was it because I had lost the power to choose. And I was now being guided by a human, yes, a human, for the meantime, because then what would happen is that eventually my willpower would be replaced by God's power because of this 12-step way of life. Um, That's the spiritual awakening. That's where I turned my will and my life over to God in that third step and no longer had to give a food plan to somebody else. I was giving it up to God every single day. Um, today, the beauty of it is, is that um, I get to get up, I get to um, get God, and I get to get out the door, and he's going to help me choose, right? He's going to give me the next thought, the next idea, the words. He's going to do everything for me if I lean into him. So my choices got me here, but um, the truth is that once I turn that power 
um, over to God and I don't use my willpower anymore, um, the choices become really clear and really easy. So I hope you find that too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen A. Next up is Donna G. followed by Kathy. Good morning, Donna. Hi, good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Donna G., grateful um, to be recovering in Pennsylvania, and I um, I love this reading this morning. I um, spent my 20s, oh, let's go back even further, spent my teens, my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, uh, in self, well, part of my 40s, in self-loathing, just um, what is wrong with me, why can't I pull it together, why am I weak, why do I waste so much, why don't I care, uh, just, I could go on and on. And then what happened was I started to um, really be sort of self-forgiving, like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted with self-loathing. I'm, I'm, I'm worn out. And I started to be very self-forgiving. So I can't say that um, I, it's the late 40s, 50s, early 50s that I had any, I mean, at least I didn't knowledge, knowledge I didn't have knowledge of self-loathing. It wasn't on the surface. But um, what I would do, and I wouldn't forget either, like this reading, I mean, maybe, I, I guess you could call it forget, but what I would do is I would forgive myself. Oh, you know, you know, um, today's a new day. Let's, let's, let yesterday, you know, be yesterday, let it go. Um, moving on to just repeat, uh, Groundhog Day, repeat the same thing from yesterday. Um, get up the next day, um, self-forgiveness, you know, hey, you know, you're not perfect. God loves you. And I really um, felt in my heart that I was forgiving myself. And I do think that I really um, was starting to grasp some of the concepts of my higher power um, and this disease. That's the thing I didn't know, though. I didn't know that it wasn't within my will, and I didn't know that I had a disease, and I didn't know what I didn't know until I got into program. And um, I I just, I, I shared that today, and I felt led to share that in case anybody else um, doesn't relate with the forgetting thing. I didn't forget. I would wake up and say, I did a whole, you know, I, I binged. I went crazy last night. But, you know, today's a new day. God loves me. I love myself. Forgiveness. And I would try to move on. Um, the problem was I, I didn't know what the problem was. <laughs> and I hadn't released the problem um, entirely to God. And so for all of you out there who um, who may relate to that, I just, I just want to encourage you um, to keep, coming back to this program, keep coming back to these meetings, keep coming back to your surrender to your higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Donna G. Next up, I have Kathy, but I didn't get your uh, initial of your last name. Good morning, Kelly. It's Kathy G. Uh, Thanks. Uh, We appreciate your service today. Yeah. It's Kathy G, a recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. Good morning, everyone. Uh, grateful to be here and so glad for the wisdom on the line. And isn't it great that we have sanity on the line because we have gone through the steps and have recovered? It's such a miracle to me every time I hear it because we were people that had lost the power with food 
and we could not bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago, or how about a day ago? That, to me, is the insanity of this illness, and that's why we need the steps. Once we admit our powerlessness and see that our lives have become unmanageable, we need step two. This is just a step two moment to me in this paragraph, that I need to be restored to sanity so that I can remember how painful it is so that I can play the movie and know that if I pick up that first M&M, that first bite of whatever it is that's going to take me, you know, off the cliff, uh, it's going to, it's not going to end well. The movie will not end well if I pick up that first poisonous bite. Uh, the great news is that we can be restored to sanity and that our um, non-existent willpower gets replaced by God's power. And all of a sudden, I can make choices that I absolutely could not make before because I have a sound mind. And what kind of a gift is that? It's fabulous. And I think also step 12, because uh, we sponsor people, we get to keep the memory of the suffering alive. And because we're taking phone calls, we get to keep that memory alive and we need to keep that close. And that's what keeps me going a lot of the time. And I just want to share um, a victory a few days ago. I just had a day where I was really in some deep emotional pain, uh, further dying to self. Um, and I invited God into this suffering that I was going through. And I asked, what baby step could I take? What action step could I take to get myself out of this place? And just little step by little step, even something as simple as cleaning my refrigerator, because that's one of the things I do, just helps me have a sound mind. I just took these little steps, took some calls from other people, work with sponsors, and by the end of the day, I was a different person. And that's the kind of gift that we have through this program. So I'm very grateful to be here today and grateful you're here with me. So hope you all have a great day. Send them lots of love. And I'll pass. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you so much, Kathy G. Next up, Marion K., followed by Rowan M. Good morning, Marion. Hi, this is Miriam J. from Massachusetts. Oh, Thank good you God. Sister. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's totally okay. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for your service and everybody else who makes this meeting possible. Um, this paragraph summarizes for me all the reasons why it has taken me over a decade uh, to be a recovered compulsive overeater. I, I couldn't understand the reasons I lost the power of choice in eating. I just couldn't get it because some days I did get it and other days I didn't. And until I truly um, began to listen, I, I didn't understand that alcoholic food thing. Um, and, and so I was confused. You know, I did have willpower at times. I was able to let it go at times. I was able to give my food to God at times. But I often, for decades, could not remember the suffering and humiliation of yesterday, 
of last weekend, of the last time I did this. I, I just, and, and it would baffle me. I would binge. I would be sick. I'd swear I'd never do it again, and then I wouldn't for a month and a half. And then another situation would come. I would take one bite, and I'd get the same result, and I just didn't get it. And I am so grateful today for everyone on this line and for all of you who have done service for the, the years that I've been listening because I finally, I finally have that peace. I finally have that serenity. It's not always easy, but I have it. I haven't been in that hell of waking up and going, how did that happen again? Why did that happen again? And so I'm, I'm very grateful, and I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary and Jay. And next up, Roanne M. Hi, good morning, Roanne. Yes. Hi, good morning. This is Roanne M. I'm calling from New York City. I'm grateful to be on the line and to hear such amazing shares. I need the reminder because me, as an addict, I forget. I forget every single day. It's like I go to bed with the knowledge, and then I wake up, and my knowledge of my disease and my limitations and my powerlessness all gets wiped out, and that's why we have to do this work every day, and in the morning, I have to remember what I am, and what I am is a food addict, a compulsive overeater, and there's a lot of things I have to do throughout the day to remind myself of that, or my disease will tell me Oh, you can have it this time. You can have just a little. We see others eating with impunity. We see others eating things, and we're like, well, why can't I eat it if they're eating it? Um, and they're eating it with, you know, carelessness. And that tells me and my disease, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And, you know, this paragraph is telling us that we are completely powerless. We don't have the choice once we start. Once I start, I don't know when I'm going to stop or if I'm going to stop or I don't know what the outcome is going to be. That's what it means to be powerless because I don't know what's going to transpire if I pick up the first bite. My disease tells me that I'll be okay, that I'll be able to stop, but that's not always the reality. Um my willpower was very, very strong when I was growing up. I was able to diet for long periods of time. And as we know, this is a progressive illness, and it gets very much, much worse. It gets, never gets better. And it got to the point where I couldn't even get one day together and where I had absolutely no willpower. My willpower was completely gone, non-existent. Uh, I can't, like I said, we are, I have a built-in forgetter. I can't even remember the pain and the suffering. All I remember is what the food does for me, not what the food does to me. And I can't remember all that pain and suffering and the horror and waking up in the morning and wanting to die for what I've done to myself the night before. None of that stuff comes into the forefront of my mind when I am thinking about picking up. 
and it's just complete insanity. It's not logical. This disease does not make sense. It really just wants me to be self-destructive, and and that's really what it does. It causes me to be self-destructive. We are without defense against the first dream. Okay. Thank you for letting me share. That all time. Thank you, Rowan M. And I have um, time for one more person who hasn't shared in the last couple of days. If you'd like to share on that paragraph. Jason K. Who? Hi, this is Kathy. I heard somebody before Kathy, but I couldn't hear who it was. Jason K. Jason K. All right, Jason, you're up. Hi, thank you. Jason K., recovered compulsive eater and bulimic outside of Philadelphia. And uh, I uh, I came to OA when I was 20, and I spent about 17 years working on step one, meaning I didn't really do this program. I didn't really put down the food. And I would start to, I'd hear these messages in the room, and they weren't really strong messages. Yeah, the public, we people, people, mom and dad some cheeseburgers. And Big Macs with some chocolate fig shakes. So people would say, keep it green, keep it green. Remember your last binge. And I tried to use that as a strategy to get me abstinent. So I'd make a list and I'd say, you know, all the negative consequences of my eating. I'd talk about, you know, being sweaty and uncomfortable about, you know, laying down at night with a full stomach and just throwing up, you know, not not wanting to throw up, but just like I couldn't stop it and I'd, you know, write down, oh, I spent all this money on food, and then somehow that, that list would just get forgotten, and I just wouldn't even remember that it's there. And I didn't realize that, you know, staring at the problem, you know, looking into the dark, so to speak, doesn't bring us to the light. And to me, the light is synonymous with God, our higher power, our, our, our spiritual awakening, you know, so staring into the dark doesn't get us to the light and it's only when I turned completely and totally to the solution um, I was looking at my own mind I was looking at uh, to my own mind to my willpower to try to remember to try to um, build up my confidence and to build up my strength Uh, and Bill talks about in his story the courage to do battle had been lost at some point And, and I always tried to screw up my courage screw up my willpower and I even was doing that within OA. I'm going to use all these tools. I'm going to go to six meetings a week. I'm going to, you know, make all these phone calls, you know. I'd even say I'm going to, I'm going to call people before I eat compulsively. But I, I, calling people, you know, calling somebody and saying, I think I'm going to binge, they don't have the power to stop me from binging. Um, so for me, this paragraph about, you know, we, we don't have the mental defense against the drink. Our willpower is this strangely damaged, extremely insufficient, um, uh, just poor tool, yet we have, for me, I kept going after willpower as if somehow, someday, my willpower is going to be sufficient. And today, I've surrendered, and sometimes people say, oh, you've lost all this weight and you're keeping it off, that you must have tremendous willpower. And I say, I have I have a, a, a tremendous God working in my life and a surrender to that, and that comes out of my first step experience, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jason Kay. Perfect timing. All right, guys, so um, let's see. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning. 
and helped out on Team Thursday, please join us for a second and recorded hour of study immediately following our closing. So the share ID for today, May the 2nd, uh, 2019, is 12852, 12852. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Cat C please read a vision from you? A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Cat, star one. Cat C, I can't hear you. So, Martha Z, are you available? Hey, Callie, this is Martha. Um, Thank I'm you. Martha Z. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's Kat. Okay, go ahead, Kat. Sorry, right, thanks, Martha. Mm-hmm. Kat, are you there? Okay, well, Martha, I'm going to go ahead and have you do it. Sorry. We're just going to have Martha do it. I'm still Martha. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.